0: I'm Dan Kendall, and you're listening to Digital Health Today, Asia-Pacific Edition. Did you know that this is just one of the many shows that we create? In fact, from original podcasts like this one, to patient and professional educational content, to digital marketing, and even podcast advertising, we do a lot more than simply host conversations. We're Mission Based Media. Visit our website to learn more at missionbasedmedia.com. Welcome
1: to Digital Health Today, Asia-Pacific Edition, your go-to podcast to learn about the transformation of healthcare in a region with over 4.5 billion people across more than 40 countries. I'm your host, Tony Estrella. Today, my guest is Stanley Lee, founder and CEO of DXY. I've known Stanley for several years, and I'm excited to share what he's learned through his 20-year journey to build one of the most impactful companies in healthcare within China. DXY is one of the largest services companies in this part of the world. And throughout their growth, Stanley has kept a consistent view of supporting individuals for their health with a lens towards offering products for both prevention and sick care, which Stanley refers to as upstream and downstream. Welcome to the show, Stanley.
0: Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me here.
1: I'd love to start our conversation with understanding more about you. Why did you decide to get into healthcare?
0: Sure. You know, I was born in North China. Uh, my hometown is Harbin. Harbin is a pretty cold city. And when I was three years old, my dad passed away. He died of cerebral hemorrhage. So I was pretty young. I don't even remember his face. But that gives me an impression that being a doctor could help him, if possible, and could help other people. So when I was growing up in my hometown, I decided to be a doctor. And when I graduated from my high school, I passed the examination Medical school, so I went to Harvey Medical University to begin my medical student's career, and after that, I became a neurologist. I work in the hospital and I treat the patient. So that gives me a lot of achievements that I feel I can help people. So I think healthcare is pretty good industry that you can devote yourself your whole lifetime, and uh, there is a huge return, including the recognition and also the reputation as well. So I think healthcare industry is pretty attractive to
1: me. It must've been a heartbreaking experience for you, especially at such a young age. Thanks for sharing such a personal story. Yeah, I can relate to how childhood experiences shape who we become. Part of my motivation for choosing healthcare as a career comes from having an aunt who suffered through kidney failure uh, and stage renal disease. But uh, let's get back to your story. You're now a doctor. Uh, what challenges motivated your career choices, including the decision to become an entrepreneur and business builder?
0: Sure, actually, the challenge is very obvious. In China, we have over uh, 1.5 billion people here. This is a very massive number, and all the people will go to the public hospitals to seek for help. The doctors in the hospitals, they are uh, pretty busy. I can still remember when I was practicing, Usually I will check about 60 to 80 patients in one single day. And that is not even the highest record. My colleague, he is a dermatologist, and he can check over 120 to 150 patients in one single day. <laughs> so the doctors are uh, fatigued and burnout in China. And another thing is, you know, medical career is a lifetime learning process. And every medical student, practitioners, we have to learn the knowledge from the day one and to keep learning until you retire from this industry. So the doctors also have to learn a lot of things. They have to receive the updated knowledge quite often. And these two things, I think, gives doctors a lot of pressure. So I decided to help doctors, but in a different approach. I mean, I can still be a doctor like my colleague and help patient, but that could be a fixed number in my whole career life. But by doing DXY, I find out I can help more doctors in China and even help more patients in China. So I built up this website, built up DXY uh, 20 years ago and decided to start my new test in this field. So in a way,
1: you were one of the pioneers for digital health in China. Well, when we've spoken before, you mentioned that your first product was meant to mirror the physician resource commonly used in the West called PubMed.
0: Why did you start there? 20 years ago, actually, in China, very few physicians, practitioners knew how to use PubMed because PubMed is a little bit complicated compared with Google or Yahoo at that time. You cannot just uh, throw in some some free word inside and get what you want but you have to learn a formula and uh, then you can receive some results. I learned how to use PubMed by chance and I found out it could be very useful to my colleague and to my classmates. So I taught them how to use PubMed. But you know, taught people face-to-face is very exhausted work. You have to do this work one by one. So I was pretty lazy at that time. So I decided to build up a website and people can log on the website, and learn how to use PubMed. And DXY started from introducing PubMed. And through this way, we attracted a lot of medical students and physicians in China. They come to DXY to learn the knowledge of searching PubMed. After that, we found out only PubMed is not enough. We have to build up an online community to facilitate the doctor to uh, share clinical cases, share their clinical experiences. So DXY started to become an online community until today. We have been doing this for 20 years and it has become the largest physician community in China. I think most of our work is to um, provide high-quality content and high-efficiency tools, especially the mobile applications, to help doctors increase their efficiency and also introducing the updated uh, evidence-based knowledge.
1: To put that in a context... When we think of a country like China, you mentioned 1.5 billion people as the population. How many physicians and clinicians are there across the entire country, and how many of them are on DXY's platform?
0: In China, the total number of doctors is over 3 million registered physicians. And on DXY, there are over 70% doctors registered on DXY in the the past (laughs) 20 years.
1: What an incredible accomplishment. And over time, you've been able to keep this group of doctors engaged. How have you done this?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think focus on doctors is our first priority. Doctors, they are a provider and they own the knowledge of professionals. So we rooted deeply in the doctor's community. And we are also thinking about how to transform their professional capabilities to help other people. So five years ago, we built up over another platform and trying to transform the doctor's capabilities to serve the people, including consumers, chronic patients, or some other kind of people. Because in China, the life quality is growing very quickly and the people are starting to look for high-quality lifestyle. They want to have a better lifestyle. So most of them have great interests about health. Especially after the COVID-19, more and more people get very well educated about the health. So we do see this is a challenge, but also a great opportunity which can push forward our platform and our services into a new level. So now we are working with both doctors and consumers. We are trying to deliver the doctors' knowledge, experiences, their great professional capabilities to serve the consumers in a different approach.
1: Well, you've achieved a level of both engagement with the clinical community and with individuals that most companies can only dream of having. And I'm curious, with this engagement, you can offer a lot of different services. How do you decide where to focus and when
0: to rely on technology? If I can step back a little bit, I think position is even more important than technology itself. My point is, you have to use technology to tackle some problems But first, you have to understand where your position is. I mean, the healthcare, even the medical service, actually is a very long spectrum. From the disease to wellness, this is a very long spectrum. If I can make a metaphor here, I would see disease is kind of downstream issue. It's like a river. On the downstream, that is disease, the patient, drugs, the hospitals. But if you follow this river and look to the upstream, I think you can find a very different scenario, very different group of people, and even different solutions. So upstream, that would be more about preventive medicine, about wellness, about keeping people fit and health to reduce the opportunity of getting disease or getting worse. That is our position. We position ourselves more on upstream instead of downstream. I have been working as a doctor. You know, I was a neurologist. So I have my patient visit every day. When patient told me they got a headache, it's really a difficult question. The direct-related disease would be over 40 disease related with the headache. Indirect relation will be about over 100. Even I, I have a face-to-face consulting, even I use CT or MRI, sometimes i cannot figure out what kind of disease he had so when i look at the downstream the disease the patient drugs hospital i know this is a great demand here but to be frank even today even you look at the technology no matter it's a mobile based technology or hospitals technology there is a lot of challenge over there i don't think there is mobile based or information technology could tackle this problem in the short term. But if you look at upstream, so we are facing the people, they're not having disease. They're having troubles. They're having some specific conditions or issues. They want to have a better life. Some people tell them how to deal with the issues. That position will give you a different perspective in terms of technology. On the upstream, I do see a lot of technology evolvements, and I do see there is also a change in the past 20 years in terms of, I can remember even 10 years ago uh, when I go to the CES in Las Vegas, I did see a lot of wearable devices, smartwatches, sort of things. But that smartwatches has evolved. At first, they just record some very simple data, not meaningful data, not uh, medical relevant data. But today I see the variable devices has changed into the implanted devices, which means they can acquire more accurate and meaningful medical data at home. Even today, uh, you can see some degenerable devices, means the implanted devices can degenerate inside your body, you don't have to take them out. So these are uh, technology processes but the purpose actually is trying to acquire more precious, more accurate and more meaningful data outside hospital. Outside hospital is a very important differentiator in terms of your position. If you want to serve the people inside hospital, that would be a different story. And it is hard, full of challenges and highly regulations. But if you position on the wellness and outside hospital scenario, that would be very different. There is almost no regulation here. The demand is growing much stronger, and people are looking for more customized suggestions from the doctor after they providing their meaningful data. So I do see the future trend is on the wellness, on the upstream, on the outside hospital scenario.
1: I couldn't agree more with having a focus both on upstream or prevention and, and downstream. Uh, for sick care and to manage disease. And you're doing this with supporting people and moving online to offline and back to online again. I know one of the additions you've made over the past five years has been adding a selected number of clinics uh, and also building software as an underlying platform so you can work with not just those clinics, but those uh, others beyond yours, creating more touch points for treating individuals. Can you share more about this approach for our audience?
0: I would like to share two philosophies we have Actually, these two philosophies are over collected wisdom from the past 20 years. The first one is we truly believe healthcare service is the combination of virtual product and a tangible product. Only virtual product is not good enough. If we put users, no matter they are consumers or patients or some other guys, if we put them on the center, we are trying to understand their demand, That would be what will need your uh, user's insight. So our first philosophy is, if you want to fulfill your user's demand, there has to be the combination of virtual product and a tangible product. Uh, DXY has been doing virtual product, like online knowledge, online community, online consulting, even online drug delivery. These are the virtual products we have. But tangible products are also very important to solve the people's concerns. Let's take young mothers as an example. So young mothers on DXY, they will need online knowledge, learning, online consultation, but they also need some tangible products to solve their problem, like to give them more nutrition, to give their babies educational materials. So we are working very closely with the upstream providers, some supply chain, some manufacturers to co-brand and co-produce some tangible products together. That is kind of OEM or ODM model. We go to the upstream and work with the manufacturers to produce tangible products. So this is the first philosophy. And the second philosophy is, like you mentioned, we believe there has to be a combination of online and offline. And that is the reason why DxY started our physical brick and mortar clinics five years ago. And today we have four clinics. They are focused on the primary care, which is in line with our position. We focus on the wellness and preventive care, but we understand four clinics are not enough. Uh, In China, we have 1.5 billion people here. So we output our clinical information system and also uh, training curriculums to train the doctor how to open their own clinics. And today we have clinics alliance, which composed of over 2,000 third-party, mostly private clinics. And these clinics are using our information system and receiving our uh, online education. So we are hoping in the future we can leverage the XYZ online advantage and introduce these offline clinics and also uh, introducing their services and trying to help the clinics grow up well in China. Before COVID-19, we put this as our long-term goal, but after COVID-19, actually it becomes our short-term goal. And this year we started our online vaccine appointment project so people can make appointment and even order vaccines on DXY. And then we co-work with these Clinics Alliance members and introduce the users, go to the clinics in their own cities to receive the vaccination. That works pretty good. Today, over 80,000 people already registered and ordered on the platform and receive that vaccination offline. So I think in the future, these two types of combination will be still DXY's philosophy. And I think that can bring the users more value.
1: And creating a more meaningful impact on health outcomes also for these users or individuals. Now, you recently announced a new fundraise. You were already a unicorn before this announcement. Where do you
0: see the business growth coming from in the future? I think most of the business and the growing opportunity will come from upstream. The Chinese people's lifestyle is increasing, and also the economics is recovering from the COVID-19. So we do see the great demands from the people for healthcare care requirements, not just from the tier one cities like Beijing, Shanghai, or Hangzhou, but also a lot of demands come from tier two, tier three, even tier five cities. So I think the Chinese people are trying to have more knowledge and also more products, virtual products or tangible products to uh, improve their lifestyle. In terms of the disease, I think that is not our first priority. Of course, we will keep our eye on the disease area, on the downstream. But uh, like I mentioned, today we found out there is more opportunities and more growing chance in the upstream. So we will focus on the upstream in the short term.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic for the hope of getting everybody in China to be healthier. And We all know that there's a strong link between preventing any sort of chronic disease and taking similar steps, whether it's for exercise, nutrition, sleep, and the fact that you're getting into OEM white-labeled products to help enable people to create better and healthier behaviors is fantastic. I, for one, am looking forward to seeing how you impact people's lives through this upstream focus on prevention and wellness. I'd like to dig in a bit deeper on building trust and creating loyalty. Throughout your business growth and everything you've described so far, you've kept a strong focus on your end user, your customer. How do the products of your business
0: reflect this mindset? When when we look at these people, in generally we say Chinese people, but uh, they are not just one group of people. So that is the reason why I don't believe in there is a one-stop shop solution for all the people in the platform. In our business field, we divided people into different vertical category. Baby care, oral care, sleeping care, skin care, even sexual care. These different cares are actually different vertical categories to serve the different group of people. Now we started from baby care. We started from young mothers. Because in China, especially in the traditional Chinese family, young mothers, there are always a hub in the whole family in terms of health. They will take care of the senior people and take care of their kids and take care of their spouse. So that is the entrance of entering into the family. That is our first move to focus on the young mothers and the baby care. And after that, we will replicate the existing successful business model, like the combination of virtual and the tangible, combination of online and offline, and replicate that kind of model into the different category, oral care, sleeping care, skin care, sexual care. So that would take pretty long time to finish. But we have been doing this for 20 years. And another 20 years is not a big problem to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I love the way that you're approaching this from the individual, the consumer mindset and what they're thinking of as their primary problems. Because uh, I think that having a consumer mindset really helps us to solve their problems and come up with a va- variety of iterative solutions rather than trying to force fit a, a single solution that we think is the answer. Now, I'm curious, how do you approach getting the attention of consumers? Um, we've spoken in the past about two models in China. You've called them the traffic model and the mindset model. Can you explain this to us?
0: Traffic is like massive people come to you. But mindset business model is you can just influence a specific group of people, but these group of people will be your most loyal fans. They will like the fans of pop music. They, they will purchase your products like they, they buy the tickets of pop stars. And even these group of people can generate a huge number of revenue and uh, market recognition. So uh, I think this model will fit healthcare. Uh, that is also explain why DXY spend a lot of time and money to build up and strengthen enhance over professional capabilities. Professional capabilities is the only way to build up trust, to build up trust, to influence people's mindset. But you only influence the people who trust you, who believe in you, and who would love to purchase your products to fulfill their needs. So that's its different model with the traffic model. So that is my understanding and some experiences I want to share uh, with your readers. That healthcare is a business needs to build up trust and influence people's mindset and build up your loyal fans, then expand your business.
1: (laughs) Building up loyal fans, definitely have to remember that phrase. As you look at the stakeholders around you, uh, clearly you've brought together. The physicians and consumers and created linkages between these two communities and very consumer oriented. What about other stakeholders? Which ones do you feel like you would still like to work with more closely to help accelerate growth, change, and overall improvement of health outcomes?
0: My answer will be um, the stakeholders, which also owns the professional capabilities. So when I look at the XY itself, the one advantage we have is we collected the largest number of physicians in China over 20 years. And that gives me um, core competence that we own the professional capabilities. And I'm also a a physician myself. So DXY, actually, we have the medical knowledge and we believe in evidence-based medicine. But in terms of serving a huge number of vertical differentiated user groups, that will be needing more professional capabilities even beyond doctor's capability. Let's take SD Lauder as an example. SD Lauder even have their own medical team, like a pharmaceutical company. That is very a good sign. And also in China, some domestic companies, manufacturers are uh, also learning this expertise from the big companies, big names. They are also building up their own medical team and they're trying to add more uh, health elements, professional elements into their products as a differentiator with other competitors. And we are looking for these kind of stakeholders with professional capabilities. First, we can empower DXY's capability through the collaboration with doctors, with these uh, manufacturers. We can output the doctor's professional power through XY to these manufacturers, pharmaceutical companies, and even hospitals. On the other side, these stakeholders can also empower us by uh, outputting their professional capabilities. Let's take a vaccination online platform as an example. We work very closely with MSD, and the MSD taught us a lot of vaccination knowledge and insight in their office. So we gathered around in their office, We spend the whole day with the MSD team and learn a lot of knowledge from them. So that is our criteria to pick up the qualified and the trusted stakeholders. They have the capabilities of professionals, and they also recognize the XS value. And also, um, we share the same vision that we can work together and provide trusted evidence-based knowledge to help people. That is the most important part.
1: That's fantastic. Well, I've got one last question for you. Uh, If you think about the future, the next five years, what do you consider to be the biggest barrier that we must break through to make sure we can get that next leap in changing healthcare?
0: User insight, user insight. If we position ourselves on upstream, our business will be much like a consumer's business and the consumer's mindset change pretty quickly especially the young people. They're trying to find out some trendy, fancy, sexy stuff. (laughs) But uh, I think our whole team is trying to understand users' insight, trying to follow their their mindset change. You know, sometimes we made up something and uh, we thought it could be a blockbuster, but it failed. (laughs) And when we look at the reason, the only one reason, the most crucial reason is We mistaken the user's insight. We put our own mindset into the product instead of the user's insight. We believe this product will be helpful, but the users, they don't think so. That is the most barrier that we should always, always put user first. We should not use our own mentality or our mindset to replace user's mindset. Even, you know, sometimes it's pretty frustrating because we know we are smarter than them, but you cannot replace them. You have to think in their own way. You have to fake yourself as the user, not yourself. You have to pretend to be a pregnant mother which just uh, have uh, high school education and uh, figure out what her mindset would be. So that is the most challenging part.
1: Well, a great place to end this episode. On behalf of our audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us here. It's been our pleasure to hear how you've been working hard over these last 20 years to build up such a great business and continuing to transform healthcare. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time, uh, and we look forward to your continued success and following you in the news.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Tony.
1: And that's a wrap on this episode. You'll find links to reach Stanley and DXY in the show notes. Before I go, here's how you, our audience, can support us. Please share this and my earlier podcast episodes with others. And if you subscribe, you'll get updates on new episodes and other content. Through my website, www.toniestreya.com, you can learn more about both my fiction and healthcare writing. You can also look for me on Clubhouse, Twitter, WeChat, and LinkedIn. And finally, please visit our website at digitalhealthtoday.com to hear other episodes from our podcasting team. This show was researched and written by Taliosa and produced along with Mission-Based Media. The sound and music was by Ivan Yurich. And until next time, I'm Tony Estrella, and thank you for listening.
0: Hey, Dan Kendall here. Thanks for tuning in to Digital Health Today, Asia-Pacific Edition. This episode may be over, but there's plenty more where this came from. Just visit our website to find other great shows featuring digital health leaders and innovators. Find us at digitalhealthtoday.com. That's digitalhealthtoday.com.